welcome everyone to tonight's episode of ADV Moto Live, number 23. Today we talk about one of my favorite topics, turtle power. But you know, this all came up because, you know, riders, you know, we come in all shapes and sizes and also interests. And without a doubt, you know, one of the longest uh, running and most unique dual sport models sold today is Yamaha's stalwart TW200. And, you know, although you didn't hear much about it in the mainstream media, now that adventure dual sports have become more popular, you're increasingly likely to find one, you know, bumming around city streets or in the countryside. And, you know, what makes this low-slung, fat-tarred TW200 such an appealing bike? And how far can you really go with it? Find out tonight's episode, ADV Moto Live. All right, but first, uh, before we start, we want to really kind of give a thanks to uh, Nathan Slabaugh, a buddy who has been running the last eight episodes of the ADV Moto podcast. Nathan is a really talented guy, and he ran his own podcast uh, years back for a few years called The Call of the Road. You guys definitely look it up and go search for it. His main gig now, though, is video production in the Northwest. And uh, if anyone's interested, please go check out slaballmedia.com. This picture you see right here is actually myself and Nathan. That was in, I think that was in like 2013, seems like a million years ago. And I think that was in Washington State at one of the Turretech rallies. Had a great time. The dude is a great guy. He has a lot of different interests. I'll definitely check him out. And I believe some of his podcasts are still available on the net if you just smell around for them. So thank you very much, Nathan. It was super cool. I hope we can work together again on some other projects. But that said, the ADV Moto podcast will keep rolling. So everyone, please stay tuned for more updates in the upcoming weeks. We've got some exciting ideas. Uh, but now on with the show. All right, we got a bunch of people in the chat room today. First, I want to say hello to them, and most of them probably uh, already know our guests. Our guests need no introductions, but they are no joke fanatics and have dedicated themselves to growing a community and creating content around this mean little TW200. Could everyone please welcome Rodney Wills of the Yamaha T-Dub Club and Wes Mathias, a.k.a. T-Dub's Kid. Hey, hey, hey. Woo! What's going on, guys? Hey, hey. How's it going? How are you guys doing this evening? Doing well. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. Can you guys just kind of give us uh, a brief rundown of, you know, where you guys are at right now? Uh, and, you know, what's your thing? <laughs> T-Dubs, you go first. All right. So, I'm Wes. And, you know, I, as you guys probably know, I've run the... T-Dubs Gate Channel, and I live here in Colorado in the Rocky Mountains, or the front range of the Rocky Mountains, and I make uh, TW200 content and uh, videos on how to make repairs and mods and stuff, and then moto camping and adventures. All right, all right. That's uh, that's awesome. And uh, what do you do, you know, uh, in, your, in your off time when you're not doing all that kind of stuff? Uh, I'm actually uh, working. I work as an uh, automotive technician, so working on cars, and that's kind of how I, uh, you know, know how to work on bikes as well, because it's pretty similar. Very cool. Very cool. Would you say working on bikes is easier than working on cars? Oh, yeah, especially the TW200. <laughs> that's probably why you got the TW200 in the first yeah. place, right? <laughs> we'll yeah. touch on that later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. All right, Rodney, 
Yep, I'm Rodney, uh, aka GC Rad One, and uh, I uh, run the uh, Yamaha T Dub Club. And it's just uh, we we started it as a collective group to just kind of um, share the passion and get other people excited, and uh, kind of share the wide range of people you know that are in the motorcycling from the beginner to the experts uh, that may have an open mind to do something different. And uh, that's kind of what the T Dub Club's all about. That, that's awesome but you know like aside from uh bikes right and we had talked earlier you have a passion about <laughs> rc right which is another subject that we could dive into well, but yeah. uh you know uh maybe we save that for a different call but yeah so uh, what have I, you been doing in 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 the rc world in the past um i was a marketing director at hpi racing for five years and then went on to be the marketing director for axial rc which is kind of like the big time rock crawling brand so I did that up until 2018. And then recently I've moved from California to my original home state of Alabama. All right, right, right on, right on, right on. How is the, how is the weather down in Alabama right now? Uh, we had snow two weeks ago and it was 80 two days ago. <laughs> Rocking. Yeah, we're in Virginia. It was like 60 something degrees. I went out and did some filming on a, on our ADV 150 test scooter, which I, which I absolutely love. We love small bikes here, in case yeah. anyone can't tell. Well, all right. You know, one thing I really love about the TW200 is the diverse community of, of fans. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, you got a, a wide, uh, you know, age range, uh, you know, geographic locations, both men and women like it. You know, how did you guys first discover the TW? Well, I, I honestly kind of was lurking on it for quite a while on the ADV rider forum. I was participating in that forum with my other bikes and I just kind of kept seeing this little thing and, uh, it was super unique. I'm a Yamaha fan to begin with. And, uh, so a conversation between my buddy Jason Markley out at Pedals Bike Shop in Riverside, it just, he he was like, hey, we need to get some bikes that match, you know, because we had a garage full of bikes and none of them matched. And um, he asked me, he's like, well, what's going to be if if money's no object, what's going to be your next bike? And I was like, man, I'm just at this place in my life where like I want to I want to try out this little TW200. I know it's weird. I know it's funky. He was like, well, what kind of bike is that? And I showed him the link. And I think two weeks later he bought his bike and two days later we were going to go pick up my bike. And, and I think in like three to six weeks after that, we probably had 13 bikes we had taken off of Craigslist and uh, it just kind of started from there. So you guys like <laughs> did what the TV producers for Dukes of Hazard did with the chargers. They sucked so many of them off the market. All the retail <laughs> other ones went up. <laughs> That's a lot to it's, scoop it's, up in one smile time, man. Yeah, it's been an interesting kind of look from there. And, uh, you know, I've just been seeing the resale values of these things continue to go up. Mm. And uh, it's, it's 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 definitely been an interesting thing. And, yeah, we're part to blame, but. Uh, That's a good know. thing, though. That's a good <laughs> yeah, thing, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, the more people that, you know, get into a, a community, uh, especially when it's, you know, when in this case it's centered around a bike, you know, the more people start to resonate it from the industry. Yeah. You know what I mean? You get more parts, you get more, you know what I mean? And, you, can, you know, and all these things. And you can still buy two of these brand new for the price that you would any other bike. <laughs> yeah. What's the current retail price on them now? I think you're out the door taxes and all for like 6,200 bucks or something like that. Really? Yeah. I got mine out the door for 5,000, but that was 
years ago. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when, when did you get your TW200? Uh, 2015. It was last year's model though. So it's a 2014. Yeah. So yeah. I got a good yeah. discount on it. Yeah. 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 That's good. Well, a, a lot has happened in the last five years. Yep. That's true. Or more. Yeah, this thing is blown up. And then also you have the fact that, you know, during COVID. Oh, yeah. All of the bike sales, both new and used, went crazy. And then you also have the fact that when that happens and there's a low bike inventory, I mean, the dealers are selling retail plus plus, right? So it's like, you know what I mean? That's when you get your $6,000 bikes because, you know, people are just scooping them up. There's rumors out there that guys have bought brand new bikes and turned around and sold them privately for 500 over sticker. Yeah. Then it's also crazy to see like uh, with like Mob Street's video I've seen, like where you can go into a Yamaha shop, there's XT250s sitting on the showroom floor and you're having to wait, you know, two, four, six, eight weeks to get a TW200. So that's the fun part. It's like, all right, like there's something happening here with this little <laughs> stupid, fat, tired, low slung mini bike that, with a yeah, license plate. <laughs> well, who's a Mob Street 83 in the chat said, uh, he got one out the door last week for 55. Okay. He knows somebody. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, John Elliott from San Diego said 2021, 5,400. And then, uh, he, and then Mob Street said two years ago, it was, it was just under five. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but it really does depend regionally, I think. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, you know, how much demand and, you know, who you, who you talk to and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, uh, all right, Wes, how'd you get into it? Uh, so I was looking to get a dual sport a long time ago because I just like the idea of having so much freedom um, to go wherever. And so uh, I always had Yamaha and um, I I was either thinking the XT250 or the TW200 and I just went with the TW because I'm not very tall. So I needed something a little bit shorter and it's been great ever since. Hey, Wes, are you in our 29-inch inseam club? Probably, yeah. <laughs> I would say so. Yeah, there you go. You got short, short, stubby legs. Yeah. 29-inch inseam club, is that an actual club <laughs> for you yeah. guys? <laughs> yeah. Now it's the T-Dub club, man. It's like, it, it's it's one of the great assets of, of the T-W is the low seat height. It's yeah, for, sh- yep. for sure, man. For sure, man. You know, I mean, I've got, I think it's a 32-inch inseam, and I still love riding smaller bikes yeah well when yeah. you when you're looking at a off slope angle i had an xr 400 with the you know and i shaved the seat down but when when you the, the earth is not flat so when you get in these predicaments and your foot is now six inches from the ground it's a big difference <laughs> when you're trying to oh, yeah. get the bike you know hold yourself yeah. up and yeah you get into some precarious situations and i think with the tw200 you can do that more confidently uh than you can with the taller bikes for sure yeah i think that there's pretty much zero doubt about that man and uh you know being able to flat foot is is nice i think for anybody uh especially if you're learning it's huge also the, the lower the bike generally the easier it is to pick up yeah yeah, yeah. that's true lower center you know, of gravity yeah you know and if you are learning off-road and all that kinds of stuff you know it's uh you know it's it's you could you could save a lot of sweat by doing that but yeah. you know so in a world of latest and greatest you know why do you guys think the you know tw 200 has an increasing amount of appeal for people since yeah it really hasn't been changed for what since 30, 19 since 1987 so that's 30 30 plus years well, well they, yeah yeah go west oh yeah they changed it in like 2001 right yeah mm. like new better headlight and they got rid of the kickstarter unfortunately but 
What else? Did they, oh yeah, the front front disc brakes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh okay, yeah. What it was drum before that? Yeah, yeah. In the front, it's kind of sketchy. Yeah. Just like the Nighthawk. I guess 250. it worked. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, I guess that is some 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 kind of an upgrade. Yeah. You know. So, what do you guys think is the appeal to folks? Simplicity, reliability. Yep. The, the cost, you know, those are the big three keys right there. Yeah. You know, but there are other bikes that you could buy newer That's used true. at around the same price. You know, there has to be something. Yeah. But none of them are it's, as cool as a TW 200. <laughs> this is, it's just tried and true. It's been around for so long. There's so many parts out there and it's easy to work on. I think is a big one. Um, if you have, it's just simple. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, general maintenance. You're going to do general maintenance, but yeah, even yeah, the general yeah. maintenance work is is easy and simple to do. You're going to change the oil and replace the oil filter and put it and swap out the air filter. Like really, adjust all, the valves and yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Well, you know, there has to be some magic in them fatty donut tires. You know what I mean? Like there has to be some kind of a visual appeal, or maybe it changes the way that it rides. You know, if you yeah. add larger tires. It will, it will ride like a larger vehicle in a weird way, but it's not. I think, I think what the large, the large tires, what they do is I think you can creep at low speed better. Like it's, you you can balance easier at low speed. And that's where this bike is great for the beginners. But if you're an old guy and you just want to kind of get out and shoot photos and, and spend a comfortable day out touring the mountains. You can cruise and you don't feel like you're fighting this big machine. You know, it just, and it's very unassuming when you come upon people out there. Like they look at it and they're like, Oh, it's so cute. And they're like, Yeah, you didn't see that trail I just mobbed through, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's, it's kind of fun in that regard too. Yeah. But do you think that like a balancing thing? Would be more of an effect of the diameter of the wheel or the width of the tire. You know what I mean? Like, I think it, I think it's width of the tire both. when you, it, it's kind of like mountain bikes. You, you know, you, you start looking at road bike tires and then mountain bike tires and you start getting fatter. It's more compliant. Now, when you start putting speed in, that's the one thing that you notice with the big tires is they start to kind of ricochet off of things. Yeah. Especially ruts. More. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that. yeah, yeah, that's the one one bad thing about them. But yeah, the big so, tires. Yeah. So, so can you describe what you're talking about? You know, where you're, so you're talking uh, about like so, like a fat tire goes into a rut, and yeah. you're saying it kind of bounces off of it. I mean, yeah. You know. So it want it wants to like constantly like kind of hop out. Um, at least in my experience, I don't know if like lower tire pressure would help that, but maybe. Um, it's kind of weird to explain. I guess it's even worse on the the BW. 200 or bw350 or whatever because the tire is even bigger and i've heard you know it's even worse so it must have something to do with the bigger tires oh you think it's because maybe it protrudes out the side of the rim it just grabs more stuff that's around it or well it's it's like uh it's like on a big dual sport you you know a lot of guys will run a 120 they want it to be more nimble through the trail you start putting a bigger tire on the rear you know looking for more traction but it also kind of ricochets off you know a little bit of that side angle there i mean i don't know how to explain it but yeah, that's the thing is like you, you can take an advanced guy and put him on a tw and he's going to notice it and go like oh okay well it's not all easy uh it, it is a fun challenge it actually is a great skills bike to keep you sharp for their other bikes 
Wow, right on, right on. So who's it uh, in the chat room, Clever Swine, said he was planning on going to a Kalex 230, but the T-Dub community was more appealing, and that has value there. And that leads us into the next idea, which is, you know, Rod, you love the bike. Rodney, Rod, do you hate Rod, or do, is Rod okay? Rodney, Rad, GC, whatever. Hit me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll answer yeah. to anything. <laughs> All right, right on, man. You love the bike so much that you started the Yamaha T-Dub Club. Can you tell us a bit about that and... You know, how big is this community? Like I said, like we, we started the club out of our little group of friends riding just because we wanted to like bring all these different people together and we just had so much fun with it. Um, you know, when I get into something, I want to get all my friends involved and, and I, I like the community aspect of all these things. And, and, uh, but beyond just the Yamaha T-Dub club, within Facebook is the Yamaha TW200 World group page. It's a private group. There's also the uh, West Coast community page. There are various pages, but this TW200 World page is the largest at like 11,000 plus members in there. So, and the way I look at the TW200, ownership is membership. So I don't know how many of these bikes Yamaha has produced and put out there and people that own them. What they don't know is, is when you buy this bike or own this bike, you have a built-in community. If you're looking for it, we're here. Uh, and, and, uh, that's, that's just kind of the fun part of it. It's, I, I don't know. It's, I think the bike is so strange. It's not like any other motorcycle in the industry. So we know we're outsiders. We know we don't have egos. So we, we got a group together. <laughs> yeah, right on Wes. How has your overall experience been in the T-Dub community? Uh, great. I mean, people seem to really like this bike. I mean, it's a fun bike. You just, um, you know, just, it's so simple and you can go like, I don't know. It's just a really fun bike. Yeah. Well, it but, seemed to have spurred but, some creativity in you as well. And you started your YouTube channel, which, which is doing really well. And you're in, you know, I mean, you watch some of the videos you, you've really evolved over you know, over, over the time and, you, you know, trying new things and stuff like that. So, I mean, do you think that the TW helped you kind of do that in a way or? Yeah, I would say so. I, I have a question for yeah. him. <laughs> it's like you, you weren't making videos for anything else. Until yeah. Well, actually, you got- or, yeah. Uh, I, Cause I noticed like there, when I got the TW 200, there was like no videos on it. Like pretty much at all, like, cause I was trying to do an oil change and stuff like that. So I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to start making videos on it. And right. I kind of just went from there. But yeah. Yeah. That's been the, that's been the cool thing. T-Dub's kid has been everyone's inspiration. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll openly admit that. I think I've watched a ton of those videos. Uh, so it's been really cool. And I'm like, Hey man, if this kid's out here doing it, he's obviously having fun with it. So it's like, all right, we're just going to build on to the, you know, kind of build a community around this whole thing. Oh yeah. And it makes sense if we can all work together, you know, yeah. I mean, that, I mean that's, yeah, that's the thing about sure. some of the motorcycle community is we're kind of in pockets. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you yeah. Know, and, you know, and the internet kind of helps bring us together, certainly in things like this. And, you know, certainly there's all yeah. kinds of coordination going on with all kinds of people. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, but if there are passionate, like-minded people that, that have a common interest in general, as long as we can all be respectful of each other, it, it <laughs> makes sense for all of us to kind of put in our 10 cents and get out a dollar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've, I've met some really good people, um, like, you know, just doing riding and like through my channel and just other people who ride TW200. It's been great. Right, and here's now, now here's here's kind of a zinger question, which is this: Who do you guys think is the most interesting TW rider you've met? Mm-hmm. And do you have it? 
any particular stories about like some particularly eccentric T-Dub writers that you've met over the years? Uh, I have to say, uh, Jim, uh, Jim Wilson's kind of my most intriguing. Like he's somebody that I think you should do an interview on and, and you're going to talk to him about a lot of other motorcycles. But the fact that this guy is like six foot to 210 pounds and he's in the motorcycle hall of fame for trials riding. Oh, cool. And the fact that him and, uh, his significant other are out there like T-dubbing it up, you know, around the Cajon Pass area in Southern California. Like, I, like, I was really intrigued when I met him because he's just so big and he's riding this bike and I'm like riding with him. And, you know, it's, it's like when you ride with someone, you can tell if they're a seasoned rider or if they're a beginner rider. And I'm watching him and I'm like, holy crap, this guy really knows how to ride. And uh, so I get to talking with him. And of course, I can't remember her name right now, but, but she, she likes to like, Oh, well, he's done this and he's done that. And, and, uh, and I start going home and doing my homework on this guy. And I'm like, holy crap. Like he's, he, this is, this is like, if Jim Wilson rides a TW 200, then just, all right. Everyone just <laughs> like the Godfather has spoken. He, he, he's riding a TW 200 and I'm like, like he's my hero. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's, that's awesome. You know, trials riders are an amazing part of the motorcycle community. You, you don't hear much about them. I mean, mm-hmm. you see videos about them, like, from time to time. You know what I mean? But, man. But they have the talent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, wow. Like, every time I see a good trials writer in action, uh, you know, like Tony Bow and stuff like that, I'm like, man, this is, it's like otherworldly skills. So, the fact that, you know, these guys, you know, want to go bump around TW200 is a glowing endorsement. There's zero doubt about that. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Wes? Uh, it has- characters you've met? Yeah, the uh, the guy who runs the this like the biggest Facebook TW two hundred group, uh, TW two hundred uh, world or something like that. Uh, Jim Grimm, Jim. I think yeah. his name. Yeah, he's he's pretty cool because he's been around you know longer than I have, or at least had the group. Um, and he you know he'll go out like riding when it's like freezing cold and <laughs> stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, right, he's cool. he's super hardcore. Yeah, I mean he yeah. rides a, he rides the socks off of his TW two. Oh yeah, like, no one no one told him that it's a fat tired mini uh, dual sport <laughs> bike. He he rides that thing like it's uh, like nobody's business. Awesome, awesome. So we got a cool bike. Lots of different types of people like to ride it. Clearly, a lot of love for it. So what are the limitations of this thing? You know, what I mean, you know, like how about top speed? I mean, you know, you, you look at the bike first thing you think is like, you know, you're not going to take this thing down interstate. Where would you not use it? Freeway. Yeah. The interstate or yeah. Anything and, over 55 miles an hour, at least for me. And, and you, and you don't even want to go down the freeway yeah, on a T-Dub. Like even if it was go <laughs> 70 or 80, because that is the most boring, least curvy way to go. Yeah, like this, yeah. this bike is all about adventure. And we've all yeah. taken the freeways to get somewhere. Like, forget the freeway. Like, oh yeah, that's yeah. why I love it so much. Yep. It, yeah, I've I found so many cool places and so many different way, ways to get to places that I would have <laughs> never known without riding the TW. It so. it truly forces you to rethink. I've told this people many times. Like, it's made me fall in love with riding motorcycles all over again because it forces you to rethink everything. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. You know. Like I said earlier, I was, I was out earlier kind of bumming around on that ADV 150 scooter from like, you know, like from Honda. And it's just kind of like, I have the best time on it. Yeah. And I got a video 
of me hitting 60 miles an hour on it. I was pushing it real hard, <laughs> but I think it was downhill. Yeah. I'm like the weight limit for that thing. Yeah. It's like it's like 200-something pounds is the weight limit. I'm like yeah. the weight limit for that thing. I got it from 0 to 55 in about like 17 seconds. Oh, man. And the, But the thing was sweet. I took it off-road, did some stream crossings and stuff like that. But but the point is, is you know, I'm avoiding all of the – even the two-lane highways. You, right. you know, I'm hitting back roads, back yes. roads, yeah. back roads. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I think I think the Tita pushes you to explore more, like in yeah. every every way. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. But otherwise, though, you guys would basically say only place that's not really suitable would be on a highway. Now, but how about like how about like if you were like not like interstate commuting, you know, not like going down freeways or or expressways or beltways or anything like that. But you know, I mean, if you were going you know, like around town and you were kind of like commuting, would it be suitable for that too? Oh yeah. I think around yeah. town, this thing's the best around town, like mm-hmm. inner city bike. This is royally the best. You, you can just mob streets like nobody's business. <laughs> yep, You can hop curbs and yeah. all kinds of good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> and, and don't forget it has that unassuming appearance. So yeah. any other bike is going to be like, Oh, he's up to bad stuff, you know, but the T-Dub just has this like, Cute. Has this, yeah, it's like it's like jokes on them, buddy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And here's a question I've never heard anyone discuss: RTWs targets for theft? Um, I've I've heard of people getting them stolen. So yeah, I mean, probably not as much as like a sport bike or something, but yeah. I think people will steal any bike really, except maybe a scooter. I don't know if people yeah. steal those or not. I have I have heard in in Southern California out of like a they they were kind of in a sketchy area but they but they got them snagged out of their campsite. Oh man, that's a real bummer. Yeah. Yeah, that's lame. Actually, yeah, we ran a story years ago about a lady and I'm and, and I'm I'm sorry that it's kind of slipped my mind. She was crossing Canada on a TW200 and um man, what's that? What's that route uh the Labrador? Highway up there? Yeah. Alican Highway? <laughs> no, the Translab. I um, that's what it was. And her, and her TW got stolen in some small town up there. Geez. And the whole town came together. They put her up, they went around, and they actually found her bike. Nice. Oh, that's or, cool. It, it took a few days, but the right. whole town felt horrible about, you know, and she was traveling solo. She was a farmer, I believe, from Maine. Wow. And she, and she was traveling solo and the whole town basically took her in and took care of her. They apologized and everything, but they actually found, found the bike. I don't know what happened to the person that stole it. <laughs> sometimes the, those small town justice can be hard, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but she got it back and she was extremely grateful and it was an amazing experience for her because everybody, wow. you know, uh, wanted to take care of her. And that was, you know, really, really fantastic. So, you know, for as long as the TW's been around, you know, you would think that there would be some mad aftermarket support. So, you know, let's see, get a TW200, you know, I mean, how can you or what can you do to the bike to kind of customize it? Um, Well, there's not a whole lot of like power mods for it. Exactly. I mean, you could put an exhaust on it and stuff like that. But, you know, like big foot pegs and then handguards and uh, stuff like that, like headlights, um, a rack to carry all your camping gear, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But yeah, just scratch the power part and, and it's just all of the uh, same things that you would do to your other dual sport bikes that you're setting up for adventure. Okay, right on. So, you know, for those who can't see, we have a video playing right now. I think that's Wes kind of oh, yeah, that was, down. Uh, Los, or LA Barstow to Vegas. Oh, all right. That's I, sick. So what do you have there on the bars? The, the handguards? GPS. No, just, you know, just, just all the equipment you've got. 
on the bike oh, there. Oh, you know, yeah, that we can kind of see right there, right? The uh, rocks risers. I have rocks okay. risers, and then uh, I can't remember which which bars I have. Uh, uh, some kind of pro taper, the Windham or something, and uh, and then highway dirt bikes hand guards. Yeah, um, which I love. Yeah, I love those. I love the pop out mirrors, and they're just the way they uh, connect to the hand handlebars is just amazing. Aren't they? Aren't they uh, Colorado natives there too? Highway dirt bikes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and when they're when they're not, uh, you know, answering calls or out riding or something. So yeah. Yeah, cool. we, yeah. We 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 had a set of those on our six ninety project, and man, yeah, I loved how they how they clamped. I mean, those things were just were just were just tough. Those things are sweet. But what else you got on there? You got you got some looks like some lights. Yeah, some just some auxiliary lights uh, that just feed into the high beam. Um, they just switch on with the high beam. Uh, they did pretty well. And just my Garmin GPS on there, so I can figure out where I'm going. <laughs> All right. Now, how about the electrical output of of the bikes? You know what I mean? Like, like, oh, like how much can the TW200 take as far as adding accessories? Well, if you put a LED uh, light on it, you can you know, reduce the, the total wattage. So that will free up a lot of uh, extra wattage for other stuff. Like you could probably put uh, grip heaters and, you know, the auxiliary lights. Um, you just have to figure it all out and everything just because you really don't want to pull too much more electricity than you have to. Cause I don't know how, I, I think they did upgrade the stator in 2001, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it can output a little bit more. The newer ones can. But from your video, you showed just adding that JNS LED headlamp, how much it reduced. Yeah, so it was that, a lot. That was a lot. I, w- I was like, whoa, okay, that's plenty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was yeah. a big difference. I wasn't yeah, expecting so, that. Yeah, so how much did putting an LED on the bike drop it? Uh, uh, draw. It, yeah, it was. It freed up like 40 watts or something. Um, yeah, it depends it on big. what light you put on there. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. Wow, that's fantastic. Man, LEDs, man. Yeah, and it... it yeah, and then if you put more LEDs like the tail light and the um, the running lamps, you could even save more for extra stuff. So, wow, that's cool. So, so you could put heated grips on it. Yep, right. Probably. And then maybe some auxiliary lights, especially if you switch over to LED, right? Yeah. But but how about like other heated stuff? You know, like could you run a heated vest off of it? Uh, I'm not sure. I'd have to measure it all and see, see. what. Yeah, I'm sure that'll come up in an upcoming video. Like, <laughs> at least the heated grips. So. Yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, we, so now, we need to see a video from you from like how much how much power you can save from like swapping the the dash lights and the turn signals and the tail light. I, yeah, I was actually awesome. thinking about I was thinking about making a video like that. So yeah, it should be pretty see. good. Yeah, All right. be awesome. Do some numbers now. How about suspension? Uh, yeah, I, I have built suspension on my bike. Okay, and what'd you end up doing to it, and uh, how did it affect it? Uh, it made it from like a, like just riding around in the yard and clunking, you know, bike to like having a bike that I can actually ride aggressively. <laughs> yeah. A buddy of ours, a TCS out in uh, Southern California. He's a big like moto cross dual sport guy and he does a lot of vintage bike work. So he actually took the suspension, took it all apart and did some, he, he played with the valving on the inner tube. And, uh, you know, he, he, from all of his vintage work, he knew what these forks were like. They're like old DT, you know, 175 forks or something. So he just re-welded, uh, some valve holding, did the springs, and he also revalved the rear spring or the rear shock on the bike as well. So now it doesn't have that bottom out clump that a lot of guys will hear when, when it bottoms out. It like 
has that whole clunky sound. Like sounds like you're going to break the head tube off. It's like smack. Yeah. But now yeah. like I don't, I don't get that. And uh, it rides a lot more progressive. Like I, I can get rowdy on it. But yeah. My, my bike's just still clunking. <laughs> I haven't done anything <laughs> suspension wise. I just let it clunk. I just bottom yeah. out all the time. Yeah. Well, you know, you seem like a fairly fit guy. You know, I think if I were to sit on it and I started hitting rocks and stuff, I'd, I would probably be bottoming out the suspension and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he's not, he's not tipping this scale at the poundage that you and I are. Yeah. You know, I, mean, yeah, I don't weigh a whole lot. Yeah. I think Wes is, Wes is closer to what the bikes were actually designed for. Right. He's a, he's, he's the Asian, <laughs> Asian fit model for uh, the U S division. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Yeah. yeah I'm, right on. I'm at like 185. And uh, so I know I'm, I'm, pushing it and then when you add all your moto gear on and, and everything else and then you add in how we're riding these bikes uh yeah then then yeah it it was a call for suspension well, so all right, well, now here's a here's a question i don't know if it's actually literally meant to be be answered but it looks like it may be so dolly farrier asks is there uh is there any way that you could upgrade the back frame of the bike so that you could carry more on it when you go camping beef it up somehow i'm guessing uh i guess they're talking about reinforcing the rear frame rails yeah which i know snaps sometimes on some bikes it's called a add a cycle rack to rear rack (laughs) yeah i think even with that one though you can still break the the subframe um because my rack the man rack that i have it's it kind of goes at the same location as the cycle racks and i i've cracked that it's just a common thing for dual sports. Like even my friend but has welded his back together many times. Um, they're just not real strong compared to like big adventure bikes. But yeah. I think too, you, you start looking at lightweight dual sport adventure bikes and big heavy duty. Like I, I think that T-Dub is just basically calling out you to go like a lightweight backpacking setup because you can literally just throw that on the bike. Like if you start trying to add all of this other stuff, you're just going to, you know, the bike, it's only 196 cc's. You're asking a whole lot. Like, so why not try to take the whole kitchen sink? Like try to travel, you know, look look at what's happening in the bicycle, the bike packing industry. Those guys are traveling super lightweight. We'll even look in the hiking industry. You know, those guys are carrying uh, 15 pound loaded packs now. So I know we as humans want to, you know, take the whole kitchen sink with us, but sometimes going lightweight is just going to make it that much better. The big thing is, is just throw a backpack on and go overnight camp one time without any additional support and like figure out if you really need more, 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 more. Yeah. yeah, I think the the saddlebags that go over like the rear of the seat will help a lot too because that's more meant for like a passenger, so it can hold a lot more weight than mm-hmm. just like right on yeah. the tail. So yeah, yeah, right on. You know, when I was traveling around Tibet, on um, basically it was like a 150 cc Nighthawk. It had the same problem. It had uh, it had these you know, it had these two frame rails that came back that went under the seat, and there were everything mounted to those two frame rails. But behind the area where that rear triangle came up to support it, the thing would would just break all the time there because if you don't have good suspension and you, and you flatten out and and your and your shock bottoms out <laughs> or your forks bottom out 
what happens is is all that force just turns into multiple g-forces on your frame yeah so if you're looking at two especially if it's older steel you know yeah. i mean the thing steel doesn't change but steel does age over time yeah if it's older steel the stuff will break so what the people in tibet did was they they would cut the tubes then they would throw rebar in there yeah weld that <laughs> throw throw the tube back on be sure that the measurement was was correct and it was just I mean, it was rock solid after that. You yeah, know. game on. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. those, those guys were awesome. Man. Those well, guys were awesome. And that's the thing too. You got to think about on the TW. If you look in the uh, in the manual, it says right there that the rear tail section is not rated to carry over seven pounds. So, mm. so that's where you really got to start with that and look at like, okay, well, you know, like Wes was saying, like the saddlebags that go over that'll that'll carry a lot more weight than any rear rack. So that's a good place to start looking at how to put, if you're looking to put a lot of weight on your bike, make sure it's sitting on that rear portion of the seat. So that would be the hot tip for that. Yeah. In the, in the cycle racks or the man rack where it's not on that uh, tail part that bolts onto the mainframe. So it's actually putting it on the main frame. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah, so so if you guys sense. had to list out a, a good little bit of kit that would be, you know, suitable weight and size for a TW200 to, let's say, do a few nights of moto camping. But really, honestly, if you can do a few nights of moto camping with your gear, you can go, you know, further if you want, right? But, yeah. you know, what what do you guys have in your camping kits? I guess that's the way to ask it. Camping kit or moto kit to go camping? <laughs> yeah, right, 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 yeah. So the moto kit uh, that you would put on your TW200s to go camping? Front rear rack and call it good. No, I'm talking about, like, you oh. know, like what, what tent do you use? What kind of sleeping bag do you oh. use? Well, I, ha- I have a, I have a couple of different tents. You know, hey, I have kit. Like my camping adventures are all over the place. I have enough tents to fill up the yard, but I have two. I have two tents primarily for my moto camping. Uh, I think it's a Aria Passage Two, and then a, a Big Agnes Fly Creek. I can't remember which one, but the Big Agnes is a really lightweight this is actually a tent that i initially bought to go bike packing on a mountain bike with so i know it's good it's like super lightweight uh you you can use that to go backpacking you know so if you can carry it on your back you can carry it on your motorcycle so those are the two main tents that i use for moto camping right on right on Wes. yeah for as far as tents go i have just kind of like a cheaper Amazon tent for a while. Um, but that's like, it's almost six pounds. And then, uh, uh, moto camp nerd just sent me some new gear. Uh, and I think it's the same one that you have the UL two. Is it the bike pack? Uh, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I just, I just got that one from uh, moto camp nerd. You're- so yeah, it's only like two and a half pounds. So that's going to really, really help. Yeah. I think, cause I think the less, less stuff you can carry the better or less weight. Now, the, the funny thing, I will say this about that particular tent is it's a beautiful tent. I love it. It's crazy lightweight. I, I would say I would take that tent if I was going on more like rowdy adventure camping rides. But if I'm going to go on my more luxury dual sport camping ride, I'm going to take the REI Passage 2. It's a little bigger interior space. It's got a little bigger vestibule. But yeah, you're going to love that tent. That tent's like a feather. Yeah, that's, it's nice. That's awesome. Now, uh, the the last thing to round up some of the gear, how about like uh, toolkit repair kits? I mean, we need to carry... Uh-huh. 
<laughs> I'm, yeah, looking just... at, I'm looking at it over here. I got it all stretched out on the table. It's a constant battle because your factory toolkit's just not enough. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they've never been enough for a very long time. I mean, yeah. you very rarely find a really, you were like, damn, that's a sweet factory toolkit. There was one bike I got one time. I came to the head up, had a, had a, had a bottle opener. And I thought that was nice. But, but besides that, you know, they almost always have to be replaced. Yeah. Um, I mean, are there, yeah, any, are there any parts that are prone to fail on the bike when you're out or anything that you like levers or I don't know. Yeah. I mean, is, levers. Is, you said it right. As long as you got hand, as long as you got hand guards, it's not a problem. I, I, yeah. I broke two levers one time, but, um, I've never had one break yet. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so that's good. Hopefully I actually have hydraulic? a, I have a cable repair kit where you can like kind of customize it. Uh, it's not real big either. So I put that in there too. Um, I kind of made my own uh, toolkit. Oh, yeah. so. Right right on. And uh, Fairwind is asking, oh, how about first aid? Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys carry yeah. for that? Um, I Any have a Adventure Medicals, like I have a Adventure Medicals kit and I have, a, and, and that's also kind of custom built too. I add in, I have this one little bag and whether if I'm backpacking or whatever I'm doing, I just have this one bag and I'll just jump it in between these individual bags. But I'm kind of nerdy about that kind of stuff. And I have the, it's just kind of the thing, like if I have it, I don't ever need it. But the day I don't have it, that's the day I'm going to need it. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> the one thing that I will say that I use absolutely the most out of my first aid kit is the tweezers that has the uh, the magnifying glass on it. And I use that thing all the time. I'm constantly going to my moto bag here in the house or in the shop or whatever, just to get that tweezer kit. Cause Wes, you know, you're working on stuff all the time. You're always getting metal, this, oh, yeah. that, something. So it's always in my moto first aid kit. So I always know where it's at. <laughs> like if my <laughs> girls or wife need it or whatever, they know like, all right, come to dad. He has it. It's hit out. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. Wes, you got any I just have a, uh, I just have a basic kind of like first aid kit and then some like combat gauze. And that's pretty much all I have in there. I've never really had to use it. One time I kind of cut my hand open on a rock, but I didn't have a first aid kit. So I can just live with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's see, that's now that you, now that you carry it, you haven't yeah. had to use it. Uh, yeah, that's exactly. exactly right. That's, that's how it that's, works. <laughs> that's the, that's the moto gods looking after you. <laughs> that's right. And that's the best reason to carry your stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So, you know, not to be sacrilege or anything, but we knew you guys, you know, love them turtles. But, uh, you know, do you own other bikes and what other bikes excite you that are on the market right now? Go Wes. <laughs> um, I was actually looking at the, uh, well, I'm always going to keep the TW 200, but I was thinking about like maybe something with a little bit more power, but I was kind of looking at the Husqvarna Spartapellin 401. I just mm-hmm. thought it was a kind of a cool, it's a really cool looking bike. It's not, you know, really good for off road, but it's a little more. Um, on road, but you can still take it off road some. So I thought that would be kind of cool as a second bike. But. Yeah, those are hot, and they're coming out probably with a five hundred one too, right? Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, and a That's KTM four four ninety two as well, which would be a parallel. Wow. So so that should be cool. But yeah, that yeah. So in my uh, in my last years of motoing here, like I uh, XR four hundred, then came the KTM nine fifty Adventure. Then came the ATK 605 DS, and then a KLR 650, and then the T-Dub, and then I started selling off every one of those bikes. A, you know, part of 
you know, moving, but, uh, B, I just like the T dub just became my center focus of like, that's the bike I have the most fun on. It's the bike that I giggle and laugh on the most where the 950 would scare the crap out of me. It was cool. It had a lot of street cachet and, uh, you know, it has that whole Dakar heritage, but that's a scary 447 pound beast of a dirt bike. <laughs> yeah. Those things, the, those things are burly, man. Oh yeah. I did. They're the awesome when they're running and yeah. seeing guys ride them fast and, you know, be able to control them is, is awesome. Yeah. My, my yeah. big experience on the 950, uh, was at the, uh, Barstow de Vegas 2007. And, uh, and the first big sand wash we came up to and I see all these big, you know, all the regular dual sport guys, they were just mobbing through. And then I came up to the edge and I saw all these big dual sport guys sitting there. And then I see them trying to take off and they're doing the whole S thing through the sand. And I'm like, no, that's just not the way, that's just not the way this thing's supposed to go down. And so I like, circle back around and I just like blast through the sand the way I had learned. But I'm, I learned real quick that for the 950, I equated it to a boat. You have to get it up on plane. And so everything that you can do in a regular, you know, 450 to 500 dirt bike, you got to be up one click on the 950. And uh, that was scary, <laughs> but it, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And it's not that you can't ride larger bikes aggressively, but it does take practice. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and you have to spend a lot of time, time, you know, really, really doing it, you know? Yeah. Um, well, well, all right. So if you guys, let's say, could be the head of design for Yamaha on a TW200 update or a replacement. So future TW200, TW200 of the future. Uh, what would you do to it? Wes, do you want to start? Uh, you look like you have something in your head already. Yeah, is it something like practical that would actually happen, or just like anything that I would want to see? Like whatever, dude. Like, you want to add lasers and <laughs> spy smoke and missiles and oil slicks, whatever. Like I could see Yamaha, you know, making it like fuel inject it in the future. But I think it'd be cool if they like made the engine bigger. I kind of doubt that would ever happen. Maybe like a three hundred TW three hundred would be cool, but like a TW three fifty. With a slightly yeah. larger frame, longer seat, yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, and then you the add those... would be cool. Yeah, add the and add the kickstart back, of course, right? Yeah, yeah, that would be, yeah, that'd be handy. Sure. Yeah, so <laughs> throw it in there. So fuel injection, um, fuel injection, Especially... maybe a, a larger engine. How many speeds does the TW have in the transition? Oh, five? five speed. Yeah, six speed. That's another thing I forgot. That you yeah. yeah, six speed would be great, but six speed would be cool. Now, let me ask you this: If you added a six speed, how would you set the gear ratio up for a six speed on a 196 cc yeah. engine, or is this on your dream bike? You'd only add the six <laughs> gear if you could have the bigger engine, or would you? If, oh if, no, I would. I would love to have a six speed. That would be amazing. But um, how would so you gear not- it? Would you? Would you put the six gear? Would you add well, it top or in the or on the bottom. Or on the bottom. Like, what do you mean exactly? Well, <laughs> would you add a lower the, gear or would you add a taller gear? Well, it depends on how you have it geared already. But uh, I'd probably keep, like, the first gear like it is stocked from the factory okay. and then okay. have six go up higher so you can get on the road a little bit better without revving out the engine so much. Kind of like an overdrive, but, sort of. Yeah. So you'd, yeah, so you'd split it 50-50 then. 
pretty much. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, for okay. how I ride. But. Yeah. I mean, everyone wants a six gear so they can go faster, but it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. But I do I like, wanna... yeah, I, I would, I would keep it. If it was a six speed, then I would put it back to the original gear ratio and just use that first gear for granny mode. And like you said, have a little bit for the top end. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Just, that was my, that was my trick question for the night. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Now, how about like styling wise? I mean, don't touch it. Yeah, it's fine the way it is. Yeah, flat like black, it. if anything. Well, that rear tail light's pretty horrible, though. Come I mean, on, it's so classic, I, though. <laughs> it's, yeah. If you change the tail light, then you gotta change the then you gotta change the headlight. <laughs> I, I like the square headlight. Don't I do too. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. You know, um, who was it? Man, what was the Japanese gentleman that went to the North and South Poles on mm. a modified? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. TW, oh man. I can't I remember his name. his name, but yeah, I've read yeah, a lot I, about him. I feel horrible about that, but man, that, that dude really took that TW200, but I don't know if you've seen <laughs> that bike or not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it, it has the, like the whole side of it is covered. Mm-hmm. Like he must have done some custom fiberglass to it or something like that. It oh, really yeah. looked kind of sick. I don't know if it was to keep snow. I mean, I have no idea what yeah. it was about, but the whole yeah. thing looked really kind of sick. Whereas if you haven't seen the picture of this guy's North Pole, South Pole, TW two hundred, definitely check it out. I mean, yeah, I've seen it. It's pretty oh, cool. Oh, you have seen it. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 really cool. It it almost doesn't look like it anymore, but yeah, yeah but it's you know, but but you can tell the DNA is underneath all that plastic. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. So you would keep it the same. You wouldn't go to a round headlight or anything. No, On, only if you <laughs> put like a old uh, DT one seventy five round style tank on it and a. Uh, a Yamaha 360, you know, side, you know, a high pipe with the with the steel grill, and then you could change the tail light if it had a steel fender that came out. Oh, you I know, see. make I see. you know, take it back to 1975 and like make it like a <laughs> yeah. DT TW 200 225. Well, you, you know, this this is something that that we didn't touch on, I mean, and it's a very clear relative of the TW 200, and that's the Van Van. <laughs> get, get out of here with that van van. Man. I'm going to take you to the curb over there. <laughs> Step outside. Didn't they stop selling that in the U.S.? They they dropped it, didn't they? Did they? Or, I don't know. I think so. The thing was not marketed. Yeah. I, I don't think they sell it in the U.S. Anymore. You know, I know like a couple of years ago it was for sale. To be honest with you, I haven't checked very recently. It was like, like two or three years, I think, they ran it and then it's gone. At least last time I checked, I don't know. Really? Yeah. Maybe. No, that was, Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. That was a 200 or a 250? It was a 200. 200. The only thing I would take off that thing is the the, the tires because they look like flat track tires. I'd make me, I want to I wanna make a TW200 flat track bike. Yeah, they do. But yeah, I mean, it's also got a high pipe and stuff like that. The yeah. tank looks smaller on the video. But it's, 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 it's a zonky. It's a fuel, inject, <laughs> fuel injected and uh, has yeah, a stock oil cooler. Yeah. Cool. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's all fat tire love. So, last but not least, any words of wisdom or encouragement for you know? This is my canned question. I ask every show. Uh, any words of wisdom or encouragement yeah. for you or aspiring ADV riders out there? Yeah, it doesn't matter what you ride. Um, just get out there and go on an adventure. Yeah, you know? come with an open mind. Have fun. Get ready to giggle. And this is the only bike on the planet that you can't have an ego on to ride. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome stuff. That's awesome stuff. Well, tell you what, dudes. Thank you guys very much for spending the time to, to, to come and join us here tonight. Also, thank everyone 
uh, in the in the live chat for coming out. Thank you. Super, super super active chat. Um, you guys are super passionate. Uh, you know, we love you guys. Whatever you choose to ride, you know, and uh, and certainly I actually hope to find myself on a TW two hundred sometime soon too. And, 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 and fat tire in a run. I mean, if I can love, love a 150 scooter, I can love a T-Dub. No problem. No problem. Yeah. No problem. Yep. No problem. <laughs> All right. Excellent, guys. We'll tell you what. Please stick around for a few minutes after the show. And, you know, we will kind of debrief and stuff like that. All right? All right. Thank Thanks, you, guys. Thanks, guys. Well, all right. Thanks again to Rodney and Wes for taking the time to come on tonight and share, you know, their very clear passion with everyone. We fully support, again, the idea of everyone riding whatever makes them happy. You know, light, heavy, big or small, ADV Moto, we love them all. And, you know, we're riders, and although we may rib each other (laughs) and kind of joke with each other about really stupid things, at the end of the day, Adventure is about people, not machines. And in an exciting and ever-expanding field of hot new bikes, it's also good to remember some words from Leonardo da Vinci himself, who said, Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. So, if you're interested in learning more about these crazy cool bikes and their community, please check out Rodney's TDubClub.com and Wes's T-Dub's Kid channel right here on YouTube. Now for our next show... We've got a really awesome next show. Uh, please join us next month for ADV Moto Live number 24 with Mishnus and Elsby for uh, Adventures with Peaky Peaky Overland. Uh, a bunch of you have probably seen their amazing images and stories over their many, many years of adventure traveling all around the world. And uh, we will get to hear them, hear some of their cool stories in person. You can ask questions, of course, and find out what trouble they are getting into now. As always... Your support means a ton to us and everybody else here and keeps the motorcycle world running. Visit AdventureMotorcycle.com for more stories, news reviews, videos, and podcasts. Don't forget to mash and like that subscribe button and let us know what you'd like to see on the show in the comments below. Until next time, everyone here at ADV Moto, please ride safe, have fun, and the adventure is you, you, you.